the full Pittsburgh Penguins draft class under Kyle Dubas is officially finalized. And I'm going to give you my thoughts and analysis on all of the picks with a special guest coming up right after this. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen slash watch of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors, a championship team. It's all about each player becoming a perfect fit. And the same is with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit, ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Joining me now is Selmo, who does a lot of NHL draft prospect work for the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's his first time on the show. I figured he could come on here and give everyone the scoop on all of the draft picks that the Penguins made today. Josh, really appreciate you coming on. No, uh, thank you for having me. It was a fun day for uh, fans of the Penguins and, you know, prospects are my thing. So I'm excited to get going today. Yeah. So let's you know, go back a little bit. We'll try and travel back to, to Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Penguins take Braden Yeager, a pick that, no, I think definitely split some people in the scouting community. You have a lot of people who like him. You have a lot of people who think there's still a lot of room for him to grow. I kind of fall in the middle. I think he has a top three to five shot in this class. I think he can definitely make it to the Penguins. I'm probably thinking in the next three years, maybe. But I'm just not sure if he's going to stick at center, considering his defensive work, or if he's maybe going to move to wing. Josh, I know you're really high on him. What did you think of the pick? Uh, Jaeger is actually an interesting prospect for me because at the start of the year, um, you know, when I was doing draft prep for last season, you know, following Owen Pickering, somebody told me they're like, keep an eye for next year on Braden Jaeger. And they had him penciled in as a top eight pick. And I, I went out to go watch him in Moose Jaw. And the first couple of games, I wasn't really taken away. So I kind of moved him down my order. And then over the season, I kind of got a chance. I ran into him when he was playing Pickering again because I was following uh, the Swift Current Broncos last year. And he really changed his game from when I saw at the start. And, you know, I I went back. I'm like, okay, you you never want to watch a guy once and take your notes from that. So I followed him throughout the year. And just over the year, I really fell in love with his game. And then it wasn't until I was speaking to a friend who's also in the scouting community. And he said, one thing about Braden Yeager is you look at him and he is one guy that you can slot in on anywhere uh, on an NHL lineup. Like he could be your first line center to your, if you want to put him on the wing, your third line right winger. So I looked at that. I, I saw the shot. The shot's elite. It's a top class shot. It's right up there with some of the best in the draft. And one thing about him is his puck handling ability. And, you know, you look at a lot of guys in the NHL these days and the way hockey's moving in this next, you know, I guess uh, the future and how this game's changing is, a lot of skill guys right and you want to make sure that when you're drafting that high you take the upside and he's got all of it if you want a guy that can shoot he's once he has the puck in possession he opens up a lot of lanes for his teammates he's a guy that can drive offense uh there was times throughout the year where his game kind of lost consistency and that was one thing i think really what that i saw firsthand because at the start of the year i was like you know is he really like this worthy of a prospect to be in the top 15 
And then it really changed as the season went on. And then once it got to the playoffs, he was a, he was a beast in the playoffs for Moose Jaw. And, you know, that's when I was really sold on him. And I was really hoping that he'd come with the Penguins. I had him as my number one target because I think this is a guy, you know, he's going to come into a Penguin system that doesn't have much help. He's Once he starts, you know, probably playing for the Penguins, it's not going to be a good team, right? You know, that gap between this team and where we're going in the future is definitely going to be some dark times. But he's a guy that I think right now is the perfect pick for that spot. He, get, he brings everything you want between upside and, you know, for sure, uh, stability. And between him and Nate Danielson, like I said, that was the scout I was talking to. He said it's either one of those two guys as the only guys that you can pencil in and anywhere in your lineup. Yeah, and Danielson went, you know, even before Jaeger. Um, so yeah. that was pretty – I actually had Danielson going a little later than the Penguins. I thought he was going to be available, him and Simashev, to be honest. I was stunned that they both went before Jaeger. But, you know, that's just how the board um, falls sometimes. But – you did mention Jaeger's a really good playmaker. Had 25 more assists this year, Josh. So he did work on other aspects of his game. Playoffs came around, got back to basics, six goals in 10 games. I want to see him use more of that shot for his first junior season with the Penguins. I know he'll obviously be playing for his junior team, but he'll be drafted by the Penguins. That's what I'm really looking for with him. I think he has the capabilities to be a solid middle six winger, potentially center. My comp to him was someone like a Mike Hoffman, who can obviously very much fire the puck. You had Bo Horvat, I think, for yours. Yeah. I've also seen Jared McCann thrown out there. That actually makes a lot of sense when I watch a little more of him because McCann has that beautiful shot with the crack, and, and Penguins fans obviously saw it as well. But any one of those players, I think, is a decent comp for him. Do you think he's still three years away minimum, or could he come to the Penguins a bit sooner? Uh, this might be bold, but like I, I was watching and, you know, you, there's a lot of stuff about his game that translates well to like the pro level. So I don't think he's as far away as most project. And like I said, he, he's that kind of guy you could slot him in anywhere. Right. So I think he's going to make the jump a little bit sooner than most expect. Now, maybe that's just me being a little bit more optimistic and, you know, how high I am on the player. But between him and Nate Danielson, like I said, those are the guys that I really wanted because I, I kind of felt like they're those two prospects that are going to fit in between the Penguins window to maybe make a jump if they did keep pick 14. And I think you're going to see Jaeger a little bit sooner than most. Okay. I'm, I'm excited for it because I the take I had for the prospect who would be most ready if they, he was the pick was Zach Benson. I actually thought he would be here in two years, but the Buffalo Sabres decided to pick him right before the Penguins. And I, I keep saying this on the show, Josh. I do think he would have been the pick had he fallen one more spot. They took him mm-hmm. out for dinner. He's one of the top prospects in this class. Shifting, shifting gears, I should say, to the next pick. And this guy has the greatest last name in the history of all last names. Emil Pianinemi. And yes, I did watch the video that the Penguins tweeted out to learn how to pronounce his last name when I actually was watching him a little bit earlier today because I didn't really know much about him Josh he mm-hmm. looks like someone who can really skate the puck out of danger in the defensive zone can also activate himself in the offensive zone I got some Marcus Pedersen vibes watching him what is your scouting report on him and do you think he could make an impact on the Penguins uh yeah I do but it's gonna be a while he's not like Jaeger he, he's still very raw mm-hmm. um he reminds me a little bit of Owen Pickering in the sense that they're going to need the maximum development time. And, you know, when they took Owen Pickering last year, I wanted Jimmy Snuggerud. That's one pick that I'm, I'm still upset about. But Pickering, when you know what you're getting, right? He's got the size. He's got the reach. That's kind of a lot of similarities that you're getting here. 
um, but very raw. But he does have a lot. Like you said, he's he's an all situations type defenseman. Um, he looks like he does have top four upside if all goes well. But the development's going to be the crucial part, and it's going to see now uh, with Kyle Dubas here as the president of hockey operations. He did a good job with that in Toronto. Obviously, like you know, me covering that team, I know very well how Dubas likes to develop his roster and. He did, he did a good job with that. Later on picks and stuff like that, he did real well. He made sure that, you know, in the American Hockey League, he got them comfortable. And if they can do that here with um, Emil, I, I think I think this is a good pick. Now, it's a little high for where I wanted him to go. It was a little bit of a reach. But like I said, he has good size. He's a fluent skater. Um, but he's an all-situations type defenseman. And that's what I really like because, you know, we don't have the best prospect pipeline, to say the least. So getting guys like this that, you know, are going to be able – they're not going to be stars – but they have the potential to really build out that next generations of Penguins hockey. That's what I'm looking forward. And I think this was a good pick here. And that was going to be my next question to you, Josh. There are a couple other defensemen who were on the board who were seemed to be better value picks at the time. They actually went right after the Penguins. So your thinking was it was a little high, but it's, it's still fine. It's a little, it's a little bit of a reach. There was some players I liked within that range, but at the same time, this is a guy that I, I had a star beside because he was a guy that I really followed throughout the season. And, you know, there was some question marks. He's not overly physical, but he's not afraid to use his body in the corners and stuff like that. So, like you said, you brought up Marcus Pedersen. I think that's a great comp. Um, but still, he's going to need the development time. So, really, it could either be a boom pick or a bust at this point. Yeah, and honestly, in this range, Josh, you never truly know what you're going to get. It's honestly just a crapshoot, to be mm -hmm. honest. And I would honestly argue the NHL draft as a whole is kind of a crapshoot after maybe what the top 10, maybe top 15, because some of those guys, they never even make it to the NHL. They stay in the minors for their entire career. So it, it's really important that you hit on at least some of these guys in this class, because you know, as you said, the prospect system, everyone knows it. It's not good, but it's going to be more important. I think down the road that the Penguins really hit in these drafts that it's going to the NHL draft, I think is going to be the most important thing for the Penguins in a few years. Once the big guns retire, that's going to be huge because you need to really start developing younger talent and bringing them through your system. You know, like the Dallas stars have done with Jason Roberts mm -hmm. and Root Bay hence when, you know, Joe Pavelski came in, was a bit older. Jamie Ben got older. Tyler Sagan was getting older. You got to hit on these picks and the Penguins are going to have to start doing that here sooner rather than later as the stars get closer to being 40, which is crazy that I'm even you know, saying that out loud, but that will do it for this first segment. Coming up in the second segment, we're going to get to a couple of other draft selections that the Penguins made, and we'll get Josh's thoughts on those. But before we get to that, we do have to discuss AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I gave it a try because I wasn't really feeling it at times in the morning. I would wake up really tired, but it tastes really good. That's the thing. It, it honestly, you can get it in a whole bunch of, of different flavors and it wakes you up right away and you can just go on with your day and have all of this energy. All great athletes have one thing in common. They take care of their bodies and a huge part of that starts with optimizing whole body health. A lot of them also drink AG1 and it's why I'm a huge fan. With every daily serving, I'm setting myself up for success with 75 high quality ingredients that give me key daily nutrients and support energy, focus, strength, and clarity. It's a micro habit that delivers macro benefits and helps just about everybody take great care of their health 
every single day. I also like that it costs less than $3 a day. That's pretty good. If you ask me, it's a really effective daily habit with high quality source ingredients. Win, win in my book. If a comprehensive solution is what you need for your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. One more time, that's drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. Check it out. And we're back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'm Hunter Hodes, joined by Josh and Salmo. So, Josh, let's get into a player now that I'm actually pretty intrigued about, and that is Mikhail Ilian, a Russian player who the Penguins took in the mid-rounds today, a player who I think has a little bit of upside after watching some of his film after the pick. He looks like a really nice playmaker. A few instances that I watched, it looks like he has eyes in the back of his head when he's in the offensive zone. I, I saw him fire the puck, cross ice, just no look passes. I'm like, wow, those were some beautiful plays. What do you think of that pick? Uh, it, it's definitely a Kyle Dubas pick. Going back to his time in Toronto, he kind of loved these kind of prospects, the high upside, you know, shoot for the stars late in the draft. They got him at pick 142. So, you know, you're not paying much uh, when you take a shot on a guy like that. Uh, from my notes from watching him throughout the year, he was, like you said, an intelligent player, very smart. Um, but he was also a hardworking forward. And that's what I like here. He played on both uh, special teams. He was actually a penalty killer and on the power play. So you can see he's got a good motor to him. Um, he's got high, he uses his high level hockey IQ to drive his offense. Like you said, you know, he's a very visual player. Um, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes defensively, but also um, he's not going to, he's not really going to take you, your, your team to the next level himself. He's more of that piece that I think eventually if he does make the NHL, he's going to be more of a top nine kind of guy. I don't think you're going to see him on, on the fourth line because he's got more of an offensive skill set to his game. Um, but there's definitely upside here. I like it. Now he's another prospect that is raw. It is going to take probably the maximum development time, but when you're picking this late, right, that doesn't matter. So as long as, you know, you take the upside here, that's what I want to see from Penguins management. And this is a big step up from Hextall in the way he used to attack the draft. So he definitely has the skill set, and this is a Kyle Dubas pick for sure. Yeah, he played a little bit in the KHL this season, 21 games, two points. A couple of people got a little nervous about that, Josh, but I think people have to remember Russian coaches are very stingy when it comes to playing younger players. That, that's just how it is. You're not Unless you're Matvey Michkov, who is one of the best Russian prospects in re- recent memory, you're probably not going to get that much playing time as a really young player. But on his junior team, Josh, he was really good, 26 points in 28 games. So he has the playmaking ability. He has the goal-scoring ability. I'm curious to see how he develops, but he's probably not going to be in, you know, over in North America for, what, four to five years, maybe yeah, longer, you're continue. thinking? Okay, that makes sense least on that moving on to the next pick that the penguins made cooper foster and is this the most kyle dubas pick of all time considering that the heat comes from his hometown plays the style that dubas likes and all that other stuff mm-hmm. definitely i heard a lot about cooper foster even before he made it to the ohl uh obviously i'm more ontario based so sue saint marie that's obviously how i know my stuff with kyle and he was talked about as one of the next up up and coming guys from that area goes to the Ottawa 67s. Now I really like this pick for a few reasons. Now, if you watch the OHL, you know, the Ottawa 67s were a powerhouse this season and they had a lot of their guys already set up from previous years. 
And obviously when you're kind of on that fringe spot, you're not really part of the key contributing guys, you know, you fall a little bit, your role gets lessened, but next season, this is a guy that I'm willing to go on the limb for and say that he is going to have a better season next year. Uh, he's got good speed. He's a speed driven forward. Uh, he's got strong puck handling ability. And even though he was on such a stacked team with limited ice time in 63 games, he had 19 goals and 17 assists for 36 points. So, you know, the offensive upside is definitely there, um, especially for where you got him at 174. So this is a guy that I'm looking at next year. Uh, this is an under the radar kind of tinkering move that, you know, he's another prospect that's going to need more time. But I like this move. And I think next year you're really going to get the full just of it. Do you think he's ever going to come out of the OHL or is he just going to be there for a little bit? Uh, he he might. He, he's going to be a guy that I'm going to watch for Wilkes-Barre. Now, maybe not to make the team originally, but to come up maybe at the end of the season, as soon as next year, if all goes well. Uh, the OHL, it's an interesting league because it's a high scoring league. Um, so we haven't really had a lot of OHL prospects here in Pittsburgh in a while. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see now with Dubas, we're starting to see a whole, like you're, you're getting the full Dubas effect with bringing in all the talent from Ontario and guys like Evan Veerling and Avery Hayes. Um, so I, he's going to be a guy that I'm going to watch for Wilkesburg at the end of next season. If he does well in Ottawa next year, I think he's a guy that we can maybe see get at least a chance, uh, in the AHL, like come playoff time. Well, we all know Wilkes-Barre is starving for talent. They were not good this past season. They haven't been good, honestly, the past couple of seasons. Yeah. And I think it's been a priority of the new management staff and Mike Sullivan to get Wilkes-Barre back to being competitive. Because even when the Penguins were winning cups, even, you know, it was you know, five, six years ago, Wilkes-Barre was still making the playoffs. But since then, they've kind of fallen off a little bit. They got to get that team back up and running. A couple other players to get to here before we go to a commercial break. Josh, Emil Yarventi. Another finish for the Penguins and their Finnish guys. They, they love taking the Finns. But he played pretty good in one of the Finnish leagues this season for his U-20 league, 19 points in 21 games. And the under-18 World Junior Championship had three goals, six points in five games. So the Penguins, I think, are going for someone who has playmaking ability, goal-scoring ability, high upside. What do you make of that pick? This, this has steel written all over it. When I saw this pick... I lost it because initially my top 100, I have Emil Yarventi as the number 73 prospect in the whole draft. And, you know, at the time that was a little bit rich compared to some consensuses, but, you know, I just loved his vision. And I put that in my elite category and his quick release, it blends well together. And, you know, for a guy to fall this far, I certainly did not see that coming. Even uh, this morning, I was talking to one of my friends who also is draft work. And we're like, is this guy really going to fall out of the draft? And, once I saw it, because Pittsburgh was taking a long time with this pick. The clock was going and going. And I was like, okay, hey, who are they going to go with here? Because there's a lot of good options still. And when I saw Emilio Arventi, I was like, okay, this is awesome for a seventh-round pick. To me, this is a steal. This is a guy that you know, it's going to be a while. But for that next phase um, of Penguins hockey, when there's not going to be real – like there's no competition in the system right now in terms of prospects. He's going to be able to take his time to develop. This is a good organization for, you know, um, a player like this, because we have a lot of um, how to describe it. We have a lot of like, I wouldn't say locked, like our, our future is going to be dark. There's going to be a lot of freedom. He's going to step right in. He's a top six player for me. So, you know, he's not going into a team that's already loaded with prospects where his spot's going to be tough to crack. He's going to get his time. This is a Kyle Dubas type guy. The skills off the charts. Now there is some work in the defensive zone and stuff like that, but as he matures, this is a player that I think we're going to get used to. And I think we're going to like a lot as Penguin fans in a few years. 
Finally, on Cali Kangas, another awesome name. The Penguins picked some amazing names today in the NHL draft. A big 6'4 defenseman. Man, Josh, they love their big defenseman in the draft. Between Kenny Kangas, and Owen Pickering, who's a big boy as Mm -hmm. well. Heck, I I thought if Simashev was going to be available at 14, he was maybe going to be the pick because he's a big boy who can also skate. What do you make of that pick? Uh, it's it's interesting because you kind of look at these picks and there's definitely some Kyle Dubas traits to these as I've seen in Toronto, but it also kind of feels like these are still Hextall's boys uh, making these picks because, you know, Hextall, like Owen Pickering last year, I was really surprised. I didn't think that was the guy Pittsburgh was going to go with. Um, but like like you said, they like their tall defensemen. Now, I'm actually okay with that because if you look at the last recent Stanley Cup winners and, you know, like guys like Nick Hag and stuff like that who Vegas draft – it, these decors have size to them and they're, they're not overly physical, but they have size. And sometimes that's a good thing. And, you know, the Penguins prospect pipeline is raw. There's not very much going there and taking a guy like this in the seventh round in Cali Kangas, it, it's shooting for upside. Now I did have a markdown as more of the defensive type um, who he, he does cut down um, uh, opposition attacks using a stick. Well, he's good at breaking up, opposition chances on the rush which is good that's going to translate well to the north american style um but it's it's not one that i'm going to be writing down and watching and you know for a few years i think this is a seventh round pick but also it's not a bad one it's a safe one um but it's just the ceiling's low but the floor is quite high so i'm okay with it um i probably would have went a different option a different route here there's guys like matthew soto who i think would have been a better fit here but Still, I, I like this pick, and I think the whole draft overall, I would have gave it a B plus. That was going to be my next question, so you just answered that right before, right there before we went to a commercial break. I would personally give it, you know, I think a B B minus. I would have liked to see them maybe go for a Gabe Perot and Oliver Moore, mm-hmm. someone like that with the number fourteen pick. But I think I can get behind Braden Jaeger, and he looks like a very easy kid to root for with how confident yeah. he is. He was beaming with just how happy he was when he was back. And then all these other players really excited about that as well. Coming up in the final segment, we're going to get into a player that was kind of thrown under the radar last week when Kyle Dubas signed him to a two-year contract with Wilkes-Barre. Josh, I think knows who that is because he played in the OHL. We're going to get into that. Plus a little bit more draft-related content coming up right after this break. All right, we're back here in this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, Josh, you sent me this right when it was put out there, and then I saw the press release. Wilkesbury signed Avery Hayes of the OHL. Career high 43 goals this past season split between Hamilton and Peterborough. And then he also led Pete's, the, the Pete's, excuse me, with 12 goals during this year's playoff run. Wilkes-Barre signed him to a two-year contract and 237 career OHL games. He has 106 goals and 203 points. And in the playoffs, 54 points in 42 games. So he is a big-time player. Josh, why was this such a dubious move? And could he actually be a call-up to the Penguins at some point this upcoming season? Oh, for sure. Now, I remember we were talking about this while the OHL season was still going on. And when Dubas officially came to Pittsburgh, I said, keep an eye on Avery Hayes, because this was a guy in Toronto that you know, he made it very obvious that he was a fan of. Uh, he brought him to development camp. They just Toronto had a really tough time with contracts. And, you know, they do have a pretty good prospect system still, despite how competitive they are. And that's thanks to Dubas. So they never really had that, that freedom to kind of sign him. Uh, but he was always lurking around in the shadows. And 
you know, I felt like now looking at Pittsburgh's pipeline and, you know, even thinking if you were in Dubas's shoes, what are you going to do, right? You're going to try and restock this whole organization with as much talent as you can get. And Avery Hayes, who isn't, was an overager last season with Peterborough, had an, had a stellar season. Um, in the Memorial Cup, for those that watched, there was a play against Kamloops when Peterborough eliminated Kamloops. Uh, he made a diving stick effort. He, he got beat on the play, but he made a diving stick effort, poked the puck just out. Peterborough wins the game. That's the kind of player you're going to get here. He's willing to do anything to win. He's gritty. Um, he's not the fastest guy. He's not the greatest skater, but he can play, and he's got a lot of tangibles. Um, I think for sure we're going to see him at some point in a Penguins uniform. Uh, he's not that far away from the pro game, I think. I think once he perfects that stride uh, and gets a little bit quicker, then you're going to start to see him blossom a little more. But this is another player that I'm really looking forward to uh, watching in the AHL next season. But since we're talking about Avery Hayes, I also got to bring up Evan Veerling. Veerling's another guy that uh, they brought in just before Dubas. So credit to Wilkes-Barre management down there. But Veerling had a stellar season last year in the OHL as well with the Barry Colts. This was a guy that I'm telling you, he has taught, like he has serious level skill. Um, it, it's been an interesting development path for him. Obviously, you know, some prospects have uh, smoother transitions than some others, but he can play. And his stick handling ability, his wrist shot, he's a two-way player. Um, he really figured it out this season in Barry, and he was actually the second overall pick in the OHL draft, if I remember correctly, uh, just after Quinn and Byfield. Um, he went ahead of guys like Cole Perfetti and Jamie Drysdale. So he, he's got that. He's got the skill level for sure. And now that he's going to be a little bit more comfortable in Wilkes-Barre, I think this is a guy that you're also going to be seeing in the future at some time uh, at PPG Paints Arena. I'm just glad Wilkes-Barre is getting more talent, especially yeah, with no, these two. Do you expect both to play – in the top six, bottom six, where do you project them to be? On uh, I, I think Avery Hayes is more of a top nine kind of player. Uh, he could play on your fourth line for sure. That's what I like about him is he's a jack of all trades. You could put him in your top six if you want. He played in the top six. That's just for Peterborough. But he can also kill penalties for you. Uh, he's got a little bit of a Brian Rust edge to him. That's what I like. He's a hard worker. He's got a good motor. Um, for Evan Veerling, I think more of a bottom six, but he has that third line center potential if all goes right. Like I said, he has the skill set. But this year, he really transitioned his game to become a more complete player. Uh, he's not overly physical, but, you know, he does well in corners. Uh, he doesn't give up on plays. And he's got the stick handling ability that I think, you know, can really translate well to the NHL. So these are two guys that, you know, they kind of got under the radar. But I think we're going to get used to here in Pittsburgh. Sounds like a dream for Mike Sullivan. That's for sure. Overall, to wrap up now, Josh. When you look at the work the Penguins did this week with the scouting staff and in Nick Pryor, are you confident in their abilities moving forward? Or do you think Kyle is going to bring his own guys in when July starts heading into next season? Uh, I'm kind of mixed on this. Uh, I think Dubas initially felt like he was going to just change uh, everything, but I think he's going to give them a shot here. I think they had a good draft. I think he likes the way they, they're coming out of this draft. So, I think he's be a little bit more patient than I expected. Now, I know a lot of people are unhappy. Now, look, the draft, like back, like Tristan Braz, I'm just going to bring up. That that was the pick that I was just not a fan of at the time. And, you know, it's looking bad now. There's not a lot of good early returns. But, you know, looking at Owen Pickering last season, uh, you know, he he's raw, but he, he's doing a lot of good things. Now, the transition this year, you wanted to see him take a little bit more of a step. But looking at their overall basis, like last year – they actually didn't have too bad of a draft. If you go back and look right now at that full class and what they did uh, last season, like Luke Devlin is a guy that I really like. Got to see him a few yep. times over the summer. 
Uh, he, and, I, and I like Pickering quite a bit. I mean, I yeah. hope he can play at some point here at the NHL level. I keep getting asked questions, Josh. Is he going to be ready for this season? I think he's still at no. least another year away, yeah, maybe yeah. two. Yeah, yeah he's, he's still raw. But like the, the thing is, the, I think he's going to be an NHL player for sure. The si- How fluent he moves for a guy of his side, it's incredible. And, you know, the offense is something that I'm going to be watching for more this year. It didn't really come last year. But I know he has it in him. And I think, you know, we're looking early here. But Team Canada for the World Juniors, that's what I'm going to be looking forward to seeing. If he can crack that roster next year because he's got the skill set. And if he can land there, then I think you're starting to see a lot more progress. But he hasn't really gotten the, that attention from the national stage. And that's what, I, that's what I'm going to be looking for next year. Can he get that finally now after all this? Yeah, I didn't really mind the class too much as a whole, but I do think fans are starting to get sick a little bit of Nick Pryor just because some do not think he's qualified. Heck, I don't think much of him because obviously he's the son of Chris Pryor. At least when it comes to that, just to wrap up, Josh, do you think he is going to stay as the director of amateur scouting or do you think he'll move on and maybe some of the other scouts? No, I I think eventually there'll be a time here where Dubas makes his switch. Dubas is, uh, he's got a very uh, strict philosophy on how he likes to build his teams, how he likes his organizations. Now, he's a skating first kind of guy in terms of how he makes his selections. That's why I was saying guys, you know, like Cooper Foster are very Dubas-like picks, um, whereas it kind of felt like the old regime was more size-driven and, you know, that that extra element of physicality and stuff like that. I think you're going to see Dubas kind of – like Wes Clark in Toronto, he does an amazing job of finding, like, the Kyle Dubas-type guy. So I think Kyle's – obviously, I think Wes Clark's going to stay in Toronto. It's going to be hard to hear him over here, but – I think Dubas is going to try and find that next guy for him because at the end of the day, all general managers want their guy, right? So I think that he's going to want somebody that sees more his eye to eye, but I don't think it's going to be an instant move. I think he's going to give these guys a chance. Yeah, Kyle did say that he'll start working on his hockey ops staff after a prospect camp, which will end right after the 4th of July here in the United States. But that will wrap up this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Josh, I really appreciate you coming on and giving your insight on all these picks, plus Avery Hayes. But let everyone know where they can find your work. Uh, thank you for having me on first. Uh, I'm a writer for Inside the Rink, like you said, for the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Toronto Maple Leafs. I also do a ton of draft stuff on my Twitter. You can follow me at ITD underscore Anselma for my Penguins-related stuff. Um, actually, all this, I have a couple things coming out on the Penguins that I think if you're a fan of prospects and stuff like that, I think you're going to enjoy. So I highly recommend going to check that out. But Once again, thank you for having me on. Uh, It was a pleasure talking hockey with you. And uh, I'm excited to see how uh, things go at development camp coming up here. Yeah, I know some of the picks are going to be there. Some of them will not be, but really excited to see how they play against some of the other prospects in the system. But that will do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Again, Josh, really appreciate you coming on. I'll have another episode for you all on Friday where we will do a full free agency preview for Saturday, July 1st. Then I'll have a bonus episode coming on Saturday after the Penguins make some moves, whether it's a depth forward, maybe there's a trade in there. Any moves the Penguins make, I will have it here first for you all for the Locked on Penguins podcast. But again, thank you all so much for tuning in. I'll talk with you all on Friday.